is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to feel like. And and I know that from being in Baltimore. Like my relationship with the organization is like it's deep. You know, it's not like hey, I just played there. Like no, like it's people in that building that mean a lot to me. There's a bunch of guys on the team who shot me text, Joe, elite Joe, still elite. I don't care what anyone says. Tori, do you get where I'm coming from here? You know. Yeah, you're a hater, bro. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Welcome into the lounge. You know, Garrett, we've been talking about getting a good guest for, I feel like, a couple episodes. It's been a little teaser. Well, we finally delivered. We delivered. Yeah, absolutely. Today we have a chance to catch up with recent Super Bowl winner, former Ravens wide receiver, current Eagles wide receiver, Torrey Smith. Fresh one of our favorite guys. One of our favorite guys, one of the best uh, guys you're ever going to meet in the NFL, and uh, somebody who obviously still has a really deep connection with the Ravens fans here in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, let's go into the lounge email pile here. I've got one. As always, you can reach us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. This one comes from Ryan Banbury, and it says, Hey, Ryan and Garrett, with the Ravens offseason in full swing, the Senior Bowl just finishing and the Combine looming, I think it's time to talk about your mock drafts. <laughs> Here we go. We all know you guys love your drafts. We have the Thanksgiving draft, away game draft, even cookie drafts. But now that we are all talking about the actual draft, you forgot the pizza draft, which I crushed you in. Why don't you guys let us fans get in on this little competition you like running? You pick the draft contest. Well, we need to, it's Ryan, right? It's Ryan. Yeah, we need to let Ryan know we do a predict the pick contest yeah. every year. That's and right. So we want fans to, it's not out yet, but as the draft gets closer, you can sign up for the predict the pick contest where you will predict who the Ravens are going to select at number 16. So right. that's, that's just first round. Just first round, but there's some awesome prizes that come along with it. I'm not sure exactly what the prizes are going to be this year, but we've given away some pretty sick swag, including you have a chance to come to our draft party and meet the first round pick. So it doesn't get any better than that. We wouldn't be able to give you a better prize ourselves. No, we could give you... Uh, Ryan's some pencils. Got old, Ryan's got an old pair of socks and some uh, trail mix that he stole from the cafeteria here. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't stolen, all right? It's trail mix is for everybody. It wasn't in the players only section, Ooh. okay? All right? That would be like the nice drinks, like the smoothies. Yeah, that would be stolen. Which you also steal. Which I also yeah, which you also steal. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, good suggestion, Ryan. So make sure you enter that contest this year. And I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about the draft. We'll be talking about our seven rounders. And heck, you want to send us your seven round Ravens mock draft? We'd be happy to read. Go ahead. Your thoughts. Yeah. So uh, with no further ado, let's welcome in our guest, Tori Smith. Uh, so Tori, first of all, congratulations. Uh, I want to start with that. Uh, my first question is, so which Super Bowl was better? <laughs> All right, and don't let recency bias affect your answer, okay? No, I was telling, um, you know, I, I was actually asked that question the other day, and I was like, you know, I'm not, I wasn't trying to be biased because, you know, when we went in Baltimore, um, yeah, that was definitely special. Um, that season, the team we had, uh, the bond we had, I mean, I lost my brother that year, so it was just a, it was a tough, it was a tough year. But this time around, you know, my career is kind of in a different area, it's been so up and down and I haven't been as consistent nothing's really been as consistent as I wanted to be and so you know now I have kids and you know all that stuff kind of plays into it and it's like man it's just, it's just special you know to be able to see them on the field it's just completely different this time around and so I would have to pick this last oh, <laughs> that cuts deep that cuts, well how about this how about this you gotta say that the week in New Orleans 
was better than a week in Minnesota. You got to agree with us there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy down there. Uh, like I said, that was definitely one of the best weeks of my life. But I, I, it, it was awesome because it's like almost like I tra- like my brothers and sisters, all my siblings were there in New Orleans, my, my coaches. Like, it was special. And this time around, I don't know, I guess it's just different when you have kids. And I know that, you know, if you're completely different, I know that, like, they, they were a part of this. And um, we were a part of the first title in this city, um, which is pretty cool as well. And I know that, you know, I have photos with them here, like them playing the, in the confetti. I don't know, maybe that's just the emotional side of me to that. <laughs> that's clinging to it. So what are you doing now? Like, how are you celebrating? We know you don't drink. So your celebration was a lot different than Garrett's was, you know, five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how are you celebrating? Um, man, actually, man, just we, we had, you know, you had the post game party, um, which which is pretty fun. Um, but for me, man, just staying up late that night. And since then, I've been trying to catch up on sleep, yeah. <laughs> trying, to get, trying to get these boys, um, you know, in line and parades on tomorrow on Thursday. So that'd be pretty cool. But. Uh, Otherwise, that man, it's just the same old thing for me. Just relax, get some time with the kids, and uh, hopefully get away to get fishing. So now, I bet Mary J. Blige didn't perform at the Eagles post uh, post Super Bowl nah. party. And was Beyonce at your party? Nah, uh, that, that that party in New Orleans was definitely better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, going to that game, you have that sick helmet catch. I think it was on the opening drive um, of the game on Sunday. But you know what? On the Ravens' path to the Super Bowl, you also had that catch over Champ Bailey in the divisional round, which I think is probably one of the best catches of your career. Which one do you put ahead of the other? Uh, the Champ Bailey. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that yeah, catch was so nasty. It was, I still think that might have been the best one of your career. Yeah, it was just because it was uh, the moment in the game was right before half, you know. Um, and the game itself was just crazy. So, um, yeah, it was up one. And – also, you know, we had just got blown up by them a few weeks before, and you know, I didn't really do too much, and I, don't know, I was kind of just proud of myself, like the the film study and trying to use things that I learned that I knew. Like I was open on them during the first time, I didn't really get the ball, but the second time I knew, like man, like I knew how I had to beat them. And, um, for a young guy, it gave me a lot of confidence. Well, and it wasn't just that that touchdown right in front of the half. You also had the bomb right down the middle of the field. That was, I think, the first Ravens' first touchdown of that game. So you kind of beat him with the jump ball and the speed. Yeah, well, you know, we're just reliving the glory days right here. Yes. <laughs> so we're thank, thank you, Tori. We want to have you on so we could talk about our Super Bowl run, really. I'm kind of curious. When you were going through the week and you are playing the Patriots, you know, there's a, sort of a mystique about the Patriots, and I think that a lot of teams kind of overhype it. Um, and you get teams can get intimidated by playing them, but obviously you know the Ravens have had success against them in some big moments. You guys go out there and beat them. Do you think that, you know, I don't know if it's a chip on your shoulder going in to, to face them, but do you think that experience of beating them in a key game before helps you on Sunday at all? Um, I think so. You mean you're not you're not worried about them. You're not you respect them. Um, you're not scared of them. And you believe that you can beat them. I don't think everyone believes that they can beat them. They may say it, but I don't know if they truly believe it. But uh, we did going into it, and it was the same way um, in Baltimore. You know, I'll never forget um, the sec- my second year when we went up there and played them. Like, there was, like, no doubt. Like, we just knew we were going to win that game. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how, you know, I felt this week in terms of preparation, the way everyone was, and, uh, you know, things fell in our favor. 
Yeah, I remember also one thing that a lot of people talked about with the Ravens Super Bowl run five years ago was just how loose the team was. Like in the week leading up to the game and, and during the game, it was just there's a different sense with the Ravens than there was the 49ers. And and then I heard kind of some similar things about the Eagles this week that, that you guys were just really relaxed and, and it was kind of, you know, different from your opponent. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said for it, um, but there's also things that the media reports as well. So when you're loose and then all of a sudden you don't go out there and play your best, <laughs> they say you, were, you weren't focused or, right. you know, you weren't as serious as you need to be. But that's been our MO all year. I mean, we guys are we, – we came out the meek meal, dreams and nightmare. Guys dancing in the middle of the field, like, you know, having a good time before the game even started. You know, that's how practice – that's how practice goes. Music's playing. Guys are having fun. But – when we're practicing, we're competing, and we work our tails off. So it was kind of it was the same way in Baltimore. You know, we had fun in practice. There was a lot of smiles, a lot of joking going on. But when it was time, no whistle was blowing, the refs were going. They were full speed, flying around. So I think you can be loose, and then you can be like the Patriots too, where you know you don't know what's going on. All right. Yeah, you, you talked about you know how you guys were confident that you could beat, and, and you were confident that you could beat the Patriots and Tom Brady, where a lot of people aren't confident they can do that. But you got to be honest with me. When Tom Brady got the ball back with two minutes left <laughs> and needed a touchdown to win, what were you thinking? Were you like, oh, crap, I've seen this story a few times? <laughs> no, I was like, man, we would do a stop. Like, we would just do one. Right. So I was like, man, like, we, I'm like, worst case, they can, we can go into overtime. But I'm like, man, we would do a stop because uh, what happened defensively on both sides, I don't think anyone really expected that type of a game. So for it to go the way it did, I'm like, man, it's time. It's only right that our defense seals the deal. Right. So, so I, I want to go back uh, to this offseason, obviously. So, you know, there was a lot of talk about you potentially coming to Baltimore and, you know, Joe talked about texting you and all that. And you, I think, put on Instagram this week that this was a decision that you prayed about more than anything else, uh, you know, in your career. So take us through that process. I mean, how, how much were you grappling over that decision? How close did it get to you coming back to Baltimore? Um, I mean, that decision, man, is just it's tough because I was going from – you know, uh, an environment in San Francisco where we had been struggling a little bit and I was kind of down. So I wanted to go to a place where I was familiar with um, a lot of people. And obviously Baltimore could be a part of that. But it was just kind of a timetable of everything, man. And um, and every, everything was kind of just, you know, I probably could have waited a little bit longer. But to be sure, but the timetable for everything, man, everything was just telling me to, you know, to, to to go to Philadelphia, my wife from up here, um, some of her family members were having health issues, and um, it, it definitely played out to be, you know, the right decision at the time, um, and, and, and still is to this point because of, you know, what happened off the field and the relationships she's had and family members who've actually passed away since she's been here. So um, those are things that we would have missed out on, um, and... You know, I, I, it was a, it was definitely wasn't the easiest decision in the world. I can't say I turned down anything officially, but um, it was definitely a possibility where it could have been back, and it wasn't easy to go. But I had to just kind of go with my gut and and make a decision sooner than later. It's interesting. I mean, basically, what you're saying is it's it's really the stuff off the field, and I don't think a lot of people really think about that. You know, you think about just the on-field stuff, but when you're making a decision like that you're taking into account everything that's happening away from football and, and processing that as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely tough. I mean, for me, like, Baltimore is something like, we're literally building our house right now in Howard County. Right, yeah. right. So, like, you know, like, I, I have all the world in love for, you know, Coach Harbaugh and um, everyone over there. Like, I see everyone when I come back all the time. Right. You know, so I miss Michelle. Like, I, you know, I try to text him from time to time or he'll text me. Like, he's a he's a man I have a lot of respect for. So, um, I don't know how my career is going to ever go, but there was ever a time that, you know, if I was I back out on the streets again, you know, I, I definitely hope that, that there would be an opportunity to get back there. Right. How many how many Ravens uh, did you hear from after the Super Bowl? How many texts did you get? Did, did Steve, Harbs, who, who yeah, all reached out to you? <laughs> yeah, basically everyone, man. Um, from the top like, down, Steve, to all the way down to us. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's how that's how it is, you know. It, it's been about it's been about, it's been about family, um, like the entire time, and like like my relationship with the organization is like it's deep, you know. It's not like hey, I just played there, like no, like it's people in that building that mean a lot to me. Um, obviously, they helped change my life, but give me the opportunity to to play for them. But it, it's deeper than that, man. Like I, I still miss like Manny. Up in there, <laughs> he's still on, cooking some know, good sandwiches and omelets. Hey. I can I can report that. <laughs> you know, like it's like you know, just really good people there. You know, and so to to be there for four years, especially some of the things that I was going through personally, man, like that, like that's that's for life. And we were able to win that championship, and, and that's for life. So I'm thankful for those relationships. I'm thankful that they continue. And uh, like I said, there's a bunch of guys on the team who shot me a text, Joe. Elite Joe, still elite. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. Give my guy, give my guy the talent in the right situation. He's gonna ball out. But uh, you know, I, I'm excited that you know for the organization and where they're headed because like they're they're probably two plays away from being in the playoffs two years in a row. Oh, we're gonna get to talking Ravens here, Tori. Don't you know? Don't put the shark. Don't jump the shark here. Uh, but I, I do want to ask, like, how much more special did it make it? winning it in Philly this year because you also did it with some of your former teammates with Corey Graham, Timmy Jernigan, Danelle Allaby, you know, and even in the front office with Joe Douglas. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, because Joe was probably the main reason that I came here. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, Joe, du- Joe Douglas and Andy, you know, um, it was possible that I would have been traded here um, last year. So to have the opportunity to play here, like, you know, it was pretty cool. I know that I'm, uh, I know how key they were in me being in Baltimore as well so there's some people that I, I know and I trust and that's what it was about for me because I know how the business goes and I know it go either way like and I just want somebody that's going to be honest you know with me and having people that you know you know even if it's something you don't want to hear they'll tell you and that's the same way um in Baltimore as well so and, it, it, and to see those guys you know Corey and him make the plays, LB like you know it's, it's pretty special because like I said we've been there together before, and to do it here for a city that's experiencing it for the first time, man, it's nothing like it. So Tori, wait, are you telling me that Joe Douglas beat out Joe Flacco this past <laughs> offseason? season? <laughs> deserving where to go. <laughs> you, you gotta ask the folks up top over there. <laughs> <laughs> right, we got some follow up questions for right. people around here. So, so, so Tori, where's this ring gonna go? You got, you got a spot for it? Which which uh, finger are you gonna get sized up? Is it gonna go right next to the Ravens ring? What? Are you, where's it gonna go? Uh, you, well, you know that Ravens ring is huge, so uh, <laughs> I, have see, I have to see how they size it up, but. Uh, I think I'm gonna uh, put on my middle finger. 
and then have the other two so I can chuck the deuces up and have two rings on. Right, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty that's a pretty baller look right there. <laughs> <laughs> can you talk a little bit about the the ups and downs for you this year in Philly? You know, you kind of alluded to San Francisco, which I think, you know, like you said, it was a challenging time, you know. What about this year in Philly, the ups and downs for you, and, and what was it about this season that made it so special? I mean, well, for me, ups and downs were, I mean, just in my play, you know, like, when you watch, things are always better when you, when the season's over and you evaluate it. And you're like, oh, man, you're, you're all tight, all up tight over probably like seven or eight plays out of hundreds of plays. But, <laughs> um, you know, that's the way I felt, you know, when we were part of a team where, you know, like, I, our team is so balanced, you, live, you literally never know what's going to happen. Like, you don't know if you'll get a ball this game or not mm-hmm. because of how it's spread out. So, like, there were times where, like, I just thought I wasn't making the play. Um, when it was right there and it's kind of pressing a little bit and um, I mean, I've been there before as a player so I knew how to snap out of it but um, when there's that type of inconsistency you know as a player you know it's definitely frustrating especially when you're trying to get a fresh start but um, you know things kind of worked out my favorite towards the end of the year picked up steam got rolling a little bit and um, made some pretty cool plays in the playoffs um, so it's, uh, it's a good memory to definitely finish um, better than it started. I'm curious, you know, like when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, there was all this, the feeling that year, and maybe it was partly because Ray Lewis was retiring and all that, but there was like that that attitude that it's like, you know, this is kind of a, a year of, of destiny. Like that was sort of the attitude and that, you know, nor, you know, like in rewatching some of that stuff, there was the whole like no weapon formed against us, all that that stuff. And then you win it and it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're like, see, look, I, I knew all along the team was going to win it, a team of destiny. Like, did you get that feeling though with the Eagles? And is that, like is that legitimate yeah it is it's very real um on this team the way the guys are i i i knew from day one like when i was in that locker room like man like this has it wow like this is what it's supposed to look like this is what it's supposed to feel like and and i know that from being in baltimore you know i know what a locker room supposed to look like i know what kind of that good mix and that balance between veterans and young guys is and uh, just guys that are being together. You know, when you get good guys together that care about each other and um, aren't selfish and they really care about the team's success, understanding that their individual, everything they want individually will come with the team's success, um, I mean, it was huge. And so to be a part of that with Alshon, I mean, we were literally having like a meeting of the minds when we first came in. Like, man, why'd you, why'd you come here? You know, like, what were you thinking? And I was like, man, I just want to win. You know, and he was a, he was on a one year deal at the time. He's like, I want to win, and this is the best situation to do that. You win, everything takes care of itself, and that was kind of just the message for everything, guys. Whether they were motivated by new contracts or motivated by whatever, if you keep it focused on the team and being the best you, then everything else takes care of itself. And um, that's how it was for us back then. I remember just it was all about family. Like we were playing for each other. Um, this Ray's last ride. We were playing for Ray. Um, you know, I lost my brother. The team was so supportive of me. Um, I mean, I still remember even my brother passed. I mean, I'm out in the hallway, and and Harbaugh and, and Mr. Machadia and Craig, like, in the hallway. Like, the team owner's out in the hallway. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, like, everyone from top to bottom was invested in it, and that's kind of how it, it – it, that's not kind of how it is. That's how it is here in Philadelphia. So, um, it, it, it was just right, man. He just knew it. People kept dropping – you know, people are doubting us, but we knew, like, we're just going to keep fighting, just keep fighting for each other, and everything worked out. 
So I want to talk a little bit about Philly and the city and, you know, get winning the first championship. So last week when we had the podcast, we were talking about, well, who are you rooting for, right? And, and the easy answer was the Eagles because none of us around here want to see Tom Brady win another one, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we, of course, wanted you and the other guys to win, right? But the other side of this argument, and, and this is what I want to ask you about, is see if you agree with this, is that losing streaks in sports are kind of fun. Right, like it wasn't as fun in Major League Baseball when the Red Sox won and the Cubs broke their streak, right? And like Cleveland, you know, like you couldn't make fun of Cleveland as much after LeBron came back and won a ch- title there, right? So I was kind of like, man, football loses a pretty fun storyline if Phillies get, you know, Eagles fans win one for the first time. And for the record, I was on the other side of this argument because I grew up a Cleveland sports fan, so I've been tortured. <laughs> I've been tortured my entire life, so I like to root for the underdog. Do you, but see, do you, Tori, do you get where I'm coming from here? You know, yeah, you're a hater, bro. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. I will say this. All right, I'll redeem myself. And after you guys won it, and I saw like grown men crying, and like nine-year-old people who've been waiting their whole lives, then the the jerk inside of me faded, like the real <laughs> the real punk. And I was like, oh, this is touching. This is sweet. I'm glad Philly won. <laughs> Like, this city is going crazy, right? Everywhere you go, people are just losing their minds. Like, I I had someone come up to me yesterday, and they were like, man, like, I went to my old man's grave, and, like, he would have loved to have been here for this moment. You know, and, like, just, it's just really deep to to folks here. And, like I said, they've been been waiting for that title. Like, yes, the Phillies won some years ago, and the Sixers way back before that, but... This is a football town, and they've been waiting for it. So this parade is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. I mean, I remember the Ravens parade, and that's one of the things that kind of you see how many people it touches when you're on that float. Um, and I'm sure Absolutely. you're you're going to feel that tomorrow. So now that you know how how hard it is to repeat, obviously, you know you you were with the Ravens for a couple more years after you won the Super Bowl. Is that something that you're going to talk to your teammates about? Absolutely. I mean, everyone's gunning for you because you you. I remember talking to Warren Sapp about it. He was like, hey, you win. It's different. It's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, man, no, it's not. It's football. <laughs> like, when you're one of the best teams, everyone's gunning for you anyway. Right. And I still kind of feel that way. Like, everyone's still gunning for you. But, like, their motivation is really, like, they're really trying to measure up, like, everything you do. Like, it's really – and it's like that, again, in general, in every game. But, like, it's just a little bit different when – they're measuring up everything. They feel like, man, if they can beat you, they can beat anyone. Right. Or like, if you did, they can. Or and most of the time when they're looking at it, they're like, man, our team's better than them. So if they can do it, we can do it. You know what I mean? And so it's a different type of motivation, especially when you're at home. People use that to your advantage. We play very well at home here. We play very well at home when um, I was in Baltimore with one. And so people try to use that to their advantage. Like, we can beat them in their house. That's how. That's their way in. Da, da, da. I mean, everyone does it with the Patriots. They've been doing this forever. So. I mean, that's just how it goes. Do you think it's also hard, and this is just a theory of mine, that like in the following year, right, like if stuff starts to kind of go wrong, that it's just by human nature difficult to kind of fend off the, well, yeah, things are going wrong, but we just won it all last year, you know? I mean, <laughs> like, do you think, is that like, is that just human tendency? How difficult is that to, to ward off as a player right after you win one? Well, I think it's sometimes some of the teams. Like when you look at like when we were in Baltimore, like after we won, we had a lot of change. Mm-hmm. You know, so that kind of shakes things up. And then 
Like a lot of teams, that's because like if you're winning and you have good young talent, other teams are gonna want it. Or guys are free agents. Some of your top guys are free agents. Like other teams are gonna want that talent. So I think the way you can help that is like if you win it that year and you already have your guys locked up. And so like and that's kind of I feel like how it is for this team. This team, like there there aren't many guys that are gonna be like completely lost. And if anything, if any, if anything, you're getting guys back. You know, you're gonna have a choice to change things up by releasing guys or restructuring whatever it may be. So, um, I think that's probably the biggest difference. Because think about the Patriots; they've won, but then somehow they end up right back in the same situation this year, or right back into the playoffs because um, their division's easy. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I agree. So, Torian, since since 2014, so you you're gone in, in uh, 2014, three straight years without the playoffs for the Ravens. What do you make of that? Is it as simple as no Tory, no playoffs? Is that how things work around here? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, I mean this is how it goes. You know, sometimes you have those fluke games, and um, it's always harder, I think, when you struggle earlier in the year. Um. Because, like, you say you kind of – not that you have makeup, but, like, when you struggle earlier, when you get to the end, it's like, man, you have to do this to get it. Yeah. You know, versus when we were successful, we played so well in the beginning, you have room for error late. You know what I mean? Right. And so – but with the Ravens, like, people – like, even though, like, people are complaining and, and, you know, I know because I'm there all the time still, you know, fans may complain or whatever, but the team is still only a couple – like literally a few plays away from the playoffs and the team is still like building and reloading. You know what I mean? So it's still right there. They'll get it right, man. It's, it's, they have the right guys there leading the way and, um, you know, they'll get it right. Would it, would it, been, would it have been a good game, Eagles versus Ravens in the Super Bowl this year? Ooh. Of course, of course it would have been a good game, but uh, it might make y'all mad when we know who's going to win that game. <laughs> Tori, you were talking about Joe, and I'll give you your chance to give me the Joe Elite, uh, you know, conversation, your argument for Joe Elite. But I also want to hear, now that in your experience with Carson Wentz, you know, two small school guys, how would you compare, contrast Joe and Carson? I think they're both, um, they're both huge, first of all. (laughs) Um, Big big frames, um, both are athletic. Um, Joe's athletic, but people don't like to give him that credit. Um, Carson's obviously like a little wizard, so people see those crazy plays he makes. But um, strong, strong arms. Um, I think they're very great leaders. Carson's probably more vocal, but um, Joe's still a great leader. Um, they can make every throw. I mean, they they just make the team better. You know what I mean? And um, I think they both have great control of the offense. Joe's very comfortable with things. Carson's very comfortable. Uh, so I, I'm lucky to you know play with those two because Carson's going to be really good down the line. Right. Well, hey, Tori, we really appreciate uh, the time. You're always somebody that's um, here in Baltimore. I know that a lot of Ravens fans were rooting for the Eagles uh, for you You know this weekend. Including and, and, myself, for yeah, the right. record. Including haters. myself. Some of the people that aren't the haters. I just, that was a side argument. Right. But uh, you've always been someone that's been uh, you know kind of connected with the Ravens fans here. So when's the next time we're going to see you in Baltimore? Are you doing your basketball game again this year? Yeah, we're doing a basketball game on March 17th. All right. Nice. Put it on the calendars. Put it on the books. Yeah. 
Let's do it. Cool. It'll come out, man. Maybe, maybe even jump in the game, see if that jumper works. Oh, yeah, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a broken jumper. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and now I got, I got a kid. I'm in, I'm in dad territory like you, Tori. So you know what kind of shape I'm in. You, you still get to train professionally when it's not your job to train. It goes down the toilet fast. <laughs> hey, All right. Man. Well, thank you, Tori. Appreciate it. Well, really good stuff from Tori as always. Uh, I'm I'm a little sad that he called me a hater. That well, was, you are a hater. I mean, he a called a spade a spade. I'm not, I don't hate the Eagles. I love the Eagles. I just like good good storylines, good drama. You were just rooting against them to enjoy no, their misery. That's no. the definition. That's Going the, into it, I thought that I might feel that way, but as soon as the game started, I was I, I was all in on the Eagles. Yeah, but you even the idea, the notion that you want to root against a team just to relish in their misery is the definition of being the hater. That's what really? you are. That is what you, you think are. That's the yeah, if you look it up in Webster's, that's what it's going to say. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but always, hey, it's good to talk to Tori, um, and uh, he'll be in town. And, and as he says, he's going to be someone who's going to rat in this area for many years to come. Yes. Golden House in Howard County. For sure. So we'll be looking for our next guests. And if not, then it'll just be Garrett and I. <laughs> He'll bring comment on. He keeps asking. The past, past couple of weeks, comment's been like, When's, when do I come back on? We so, might have to bring comment. We'll see. Back. As always, you can reach us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net, and we will be back with you next week. <laughs>